Welcome to the Employment Law and HR Podcast with your host, Allison Colley. Hello and welcome to this episode 131 of the Employment Law and HR Podcast. I'm your host, Alison Colley. I'm an employment solicitor and HR specialist and I run the firm Real Employment Law Advice. Every fortnight I bring you this podcast which is a general update on employment law, HR best practice and really some tips and hints on being a fantastic employer and making the world of work better for all. Now this week I'm bringing you a case so without further ado I'm going to get into this week's featured content. Now this week I'm bringing you a different kind of case in that it's an employment tribunal case and it's about the Equality Act and whether vegetarianism qualifies for protection under the Equality Act, so protection from discrimination and harassment and victimisation. Now the reason it's slightly different is because often the cases that I will talk about on the podcast are employment appeal tribunal cases or court of appeal cases or even European court cases and those higher courts or higher tribunal type cases are binding on other employment tribunals so the lower tribunals so the first instance we call that the first instance tribunals but when it comes to a tribunal judgment so this is a judgment from the Norwich employment tribunal it's not actually binding on others other tribunals and other judges can look to what other people have decided but they're not bound to follow it in the same way as if the decision had been made by the Employment Appeal Tribunal. Now, this is interesting in that it is a judgment that's recently been published and it's about vegetarianism. And many of you will know or would have heard, or if you receive our newsletter, you would have seen the article written by my colleague, Miranda, about veganism. And there's an Employment Tribunal case, which has a preliminary hearing coming up in October, as it happens, about whether veganism qualifies for protection under the Equality Act. So it's quite an interesting topic, something that's um, in the news quite a lot lately. And with the rise in the number of people who are turning to veganism or vegetarianism for various reasons, it is something that, again, is a hot topic, if you like, that people are interested to learn more about. So I thought with this judgment being published, I would give you a rundown on what the Norwich Employment Tribunal have said about it. So the case is a case which was brought by Mr G Knisby. Um, I'm sorry, I hope that I've said your name correctly, Mr Knisby. And he brought a claim against his employer, who were Crossley Farms Limited. Now, Mr Knisby made a claim under the Equality Act that vegetarianism is a protected characteristic and that he had been treated to his detriment as a result of his vegetarianism. Now, by way of background, in order to have protection under the Equality Act, you'll probably know that you need to have one of the protected characteristics. So you can't just claim discrimination based on anything. Um, You have to have a protected characteristic. And one of the characteristics is Uh, religion or belief. So just like age or race, religion and belief are protected characteristics for the purposes of discrimination, harassment and victimisation. 
Now, religion means any religion, and it can mean a reference to a lack of religion. And belief means any religious or philosophical belief. And a reference to belief includes a reference to a lack of belief. And what we're talking about here with the vegetarianism and the veganism cases is in relation to a philosophical belief. Now, understanding what a philosophical belief is can be difficult because it's given wider definitions. And it's interesting to note that the Equality and Human Rights Commission Guide to Religion or Belief states that an employer should only question a belief in the most exceptional circumstances where, for example, it is very obscure, appears to be objectively unreasonable, or the sincerity of the belief of an employee is genuinely in doubt. So therefore, what they're saying is employers should not be too quick to judge and what is or isn't a philosophical belief. Now, in Mr. Conisby's case, there was a preliminary hearing by the Employment Tribunal in Norwich to determine whether or not vegetarianism is capable of satisfying the requirement of being a philosophical belief and therefore a protected characteristic under the Equality Act. Now, there was no dispute between the parties that Mr. Conisby was a vegetarian, but the employer was saying actually we don't believe that he qualifies for protection under the Equality Act on the basis of being a vegetarian. Now his claims were in relation to discrimination and he had only been employed from April 2018 until August 2018 when he resigned and he had been employed as a waiter slash barman. And Mr Conisby had resigned from his employment and In his resignation letter, he focused on an incident that took place on the 28th of August when he had been told off for attending at work in an unironed shirt. Uh, It was accepted by his employer that he was shouted at and may have been sworn at in front of customers. And the employer was alleging that was the reason why he had resigned. Now, on his behalf, his barrister argued for various reasons that vegetarianism did fall within the definition of a protected characteristic. And in doing so, she referred to paragraph 52 of the explanatory notes of the Equality Act. And in particular, it clarifies what amounts to a protected characteristic under the category of philosophical belief. And so I'll just read it for you straight from the judgment here. And it is, the belief must be genuinely held and not a mere opinion or viewpoint on the present state of information available. The belief must be a weighty and substantial aspect of human life and behaviour. The belief must attain a certain level of cognacy, seriousness, cohesion and importance and be worth of respect in a democratic society. The belief must be compatible with human dignity and not conflict with the fundamental rights of others. So those were the things that she was saying the Employment Tribunal should take into consideration and why vegetarianism met the definition. Now, the employer's solicitor then went on to explain why, in their view, vegetarianism didn't meet the definition under the Equality Act of a philosophical belief. But what did the tribunal conclude? Well, unfortunately for Mr Conisby, the Employment Tribunal concluded that vegetarianism was not a belief capable of protection under the Equality Act. And I'll just read you from the judgment how they reached this conclusion. They said they accepted that the claimant, Mr. Conisby, was a vegetarian and he had a genuine belief in his vegetarianism. 
They went on to say that it's clear that Mr. Knisby's belief in vegetarianism is his opinion and viewpoint in that the world would be a better place if animals were not killed for food. The tribunal concludes that that does not seem to be a belief capable of protection. It is simply not enough to have an opinion based on some real or perceived logic. They then went on to say, the tribunal asks itself, is the belief weighty and a substantial aspect of human life and behaviour? And they say here, the employment tribunal endorses Mr Chapman, the solicitor for the employer's argument that vegetarianism is not about human life and behaviour. It is a lifestyle choice. And in Mr Knisby's view, believing that the world would be a better place if animals were not killed for food. Whilst clearly an admirable sentiment, it cannot altogether be described as relating to weight and substantial aspect of human life and behaviour. They then go on to look at the other tests. So does it have a certain level of cognacy, seriousness, cohesion and importance? And they said that here the tribunal reminds itself it must guard against applying too stringent standards. That is to say, set the bar too high. The tribunal do accept there are many vegetarians across the world. However, the reason for being a vegetarian differs greatly among themselves. Unlike veganism, where the reasons for being a vegan appear to be largely the same. Now that's interesting, given that we're waiting for preliminary hearing on the issue of veganism from another tribunal in the other case I was referring to earlier. So they're distinguishing in this case the difference between being a vegetarian, where they're saying that the reasons for vegetarianism differ, veganism doesn't. And then they said vegetarians adopt the practice for many different reasons, lifestyle, health, diet, concern about the way animals are reared for food and personal taste. Vegans, however, simply do not accept the practice under any circumstances of eating meat, fish or dairy products and have distinct concerns about the way animals are reared the clear belief that killing and eating animals is contrary to a civilised society and also against climate control. There, you can see a clear cognancy and cohesion in vegan belief, which appears contrary to vegetarianism. So that is really interesting part of the judgment in my view, because it seems to be that if the employment tribunal in the other case, which is uh, Mr. Kazamitjana, I'm sorry, again, I forgot that wrong, versus the League Against Cruel Sports. And so what the employment tribunal in this Knisby case seem to be saying is that veganism is different. And therefore, I wonder whether the employment tribunal in the League Against Cruel Sports case will take that view as well. They do say, obviously, that practice the practice of vegetarianism is worthy of respect in a democratic society and is not incompatible with human dignity. However, they have concluded that they're not persuaded that vegetarianism amounted to a philosophical belief capable of protection under the Equality Act. So that means that Mr. Kenisby's case for discrimination can't go forward to be considered on the facts of the case because the Employment Tribunal have decided that he doesn't have that protected characteristic and therefore can't pursue the claim. It seems to be hinging very heavily on the difference for the reasons behind vegetarianism versus veganism. So the case of the claim against the League Against Cruel Sports is due to be heard in October. And so if the judgment on that case is reserved, we may receive the judgment maybe several weeks or months later. And then we'll know whether the tribunal in that case have decided that veganism is 
a protected characteristic. And of course, as I said at the beginning, this case and the other one I was referring to, the League Against Cruel Sports case, are both cases in the Employment Tribunal. And regardless of how the Employment Tribunal find in those cases, either party could appeal. So Mr. Knisby could decide to appeal the decision, which case it would go to the Employment Appeal Tribunal to make a decision. And equally, let's just say the Employment Tribunal do find that veganism is a protected characteristic, a philosophical belief, then the League Against Cruel Sports may then appeal that decision. And because the Employment Tribunal decisions are not binding, they may then find that it goes to the Appeal Tribunal and further up. So what I'm trying to say there is, I think it's unlikely that this is the end of the arguments or issues, regardless of how the cases are decided in both of these employment tribunal cases because either party may wish to appeal given it's something that's unsettled and could have potential impact for a number of people. So what's the takeaway for you as an employer or a HR professional from this case? Well as I said again right back at the beginning is that the Equality Commission guide says that you shouldn't make a judgment essentially about people's beliefs So you shouldn't write them off and say, well, you know, that belief doesn't have any protection under the Equality Act, so I can behave however I like. You should, of course, be respectful to all employees' views and wishes and their beliefs and ensure that you have a fair workplace, regardless of protected characteristics or beliefs. And if you do that, you're less likely to run into any problems and you ensure that you create a workforce where diversity and differences are celebrated and accepted rather than ridiculed or people are treated to their detriment. And of course, if an employee does feel aggrieved because they've been pulled up for wearing an iron shirt, um, it's important that you have clear boundaries and documentation to cover any conversations that you may have with employees about their behaviours or the way that they look or dress when they attend at work. Because it's much easier for you to be able to defend a claim of an employee claiming that they've been treated unfairly because of a protected characteristic or religion or belief. If you have that evidence, if you have a note of your conversations or if you have it set out very clearly in writing what the standards are, what your code of practice is, how you expect people to behave... So in short, what I'm saying is, as long as you're a reasonable employer, you create an environment in which people are looked after and treated with respect and fairly, and then you have your rules and procedures set out clearly in writing, and you follow those and document your processes, you're less likely to find yourself in the employment tribunal facing a claim under the Equality Act. Of course, if you have any questions about this or you have any concerns or you want to discuss anything or if you have best practice for celebrating beliefs uh, such as vegetarianism or veganism or if you have experience in this area, then I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me by email. My email address is alison at realemploymentoradvice.co.uk. If you're a regular listener, or your first time listening. Either way, if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, I'd be very happy to connect with you and to hear from you. It's great to hear from listeners of the podcast 
and to know that actually someone's listening to it and getting benefit from it. So do please connect with me. Just finally, before I sign off, as you know, this podcast is designed for employers and HR professionals. And so therefore it has a particular approach for employers. I do know that many employees do listen and people who are experiencing problems with their own cases or problems at work and they do listen and find it of benefit. But what I'm going to be doing from the new year is starting a separate interview show for employees and this is going to be aimed at people who are pursuing a case themselves or maybe just want some guidance and advice in relation to their own rights. So what I would like to do is to interview employees who have been through the employment tribunal process and who have received a judgment from the employment tribunal and so therefore those people that can actually talk publicly and openly about their cases. So if you know anyone who has been involved in an employment tribunal who would be happy to be interviewed about the case and to share their experiences I would love to hear from them please do get in touch. It's a project I'm starting from next year. So I'd love to hear from you. It's alison at realemploymentlawadvice.co.uk. Many thanks for listening and I hope you have a fantastic week. Thanks again for listening. Just want to finalise by saying I wouldn't be a lawyer unless I had a legal disclaimer. So I must just say to you that the information in this podcast is for information only. It's general review and a general update. It's always necessary to get specific legal advice about your circumstances. So please don't rely on anything that you've heard in this podcast. But please do feel free to contact me if you'd like further information or specific advice.